Welcome to Global Impact, the podcast that helps you connect the dots to what's going on in the world. I'm your host, Michael Basakiu. Well, as a global community, we just crossed the grim milestone of 4 million cases of COVID-19 and almost 300,000 deaths. And of course, as you might expect at this uh, kind of juncture of the pandemic, uh, we're going to have good days and bad days, but hopefully more good days than bad days. Um, There's been an increase in infections in two of the countries that announced a relaxation of restrictions, uh, namely South Korea and Germany. Germany, And that's giving us a bit more of a glimpse as to uh, what lies ahead for us as countries begin to flatten the curve. We're probably going to see more targeted and localized responses to outbreaks, such as renewed lockdowns. And this will kind of be part of the toolbox of how governments manage the pandemic going forward. In uh, South Korea, uh, of course, one of the uh, first countries to get control of the virus, uh, mainly through early and intensive testing and contact tracing, well, they are now warning of a second coronavirus wave. And it looks like the country may have opened up too early. Uh, the nightclub uh, sector in Seoul, the capital, it's called Itaewon, and many of us who have visited Seoul are familiar with it, has become a cluster and is now reporting 34 additional cases of the coronavirus amid a spate of infections linked to club goers. So in response, the Seoul mayor on Saturday ordered more than 2,100 nightclubs, hostess bars, and discos to close and urged others to enforce antivirus measures. Uh, Also on Sunday, the province which surrounds the capital and Incheon City, which is uh, west of Seoul, made similar moves. And then in Germany, there's renewed pressure on Chancellor Merkel to rethink the opening strategy after the infection rate jumped after some loosening of restrictions. The so-called reproduction rate of COVID-19 there has risen above 1 to 1.1. So what that means is that for every 10 people who have the virus, they could be passing it on to 11 more. And German officials uh, feel very strongly that uh, that number needs to be under one. But it's really uh, uh, Russia uh, that I want to focus the spotlight of the show on this week. Um, Sadly, they are experiencing an absolutely worst case scenario. After officials at first downplayed the virus and delayed lockdowns, the country has now become the fifth worst hotspot in the world, with more than 210,000 cases and almost 2,000 deaths. And by the way, many of those deaths uh, are of uh, frontline healthcare workers, including doctors. And the case number is surging at uh, such an incredible rate of around 10,000 cases added each day. It's for that reason that I thought we'd take the show to Russia this week and speak to a brave young lady who's raising the alarm on the country's lack of preparedness, the feeble government response, and how years and years of neglect of the healthcare system is playing it out, especially in the remote regions outside of uh, Moscow. Dr. Anastasia Vasilyeva heads an opposition-supported doctors' union. An ophthalmologist based in Moscow, she was uh, apprehended by plainclothes police uh, recently while, get this, uh, while trying to deliver, deliver PPE to frontline healthcare workers at a hospital. We reached her in Moscow, and I began by asking her, how bad does she expect the coronavirus situation to get in the Russian Federation? I think that in Moscow, um, the number of cases uh, will decrease after the middle of May, I think, and I hope. 
-hmm. but um, but uh, in the in, in in the regions of Russia, uh, the coronavirus uh, is only at beginning, and uh, of course uh, it's towards um, maybe July or maybe August it will be the peak of uh, infection, and of course uh, it will be much more cases. On um, summer in regions because uh, Arash is very big, really very mm -hmm. big areas between uh, towns and cities, and of course uh, we have very bad roads, really, and uh, the population is not very mobile, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, of course uh, a lot of them are very poor to travel. That's why it will stop a little the spread of infection, and. Um, it will grow slower than in Moscow and in big cities, but it will. And um, I don't, I don't really know the exact quantity of uh, cases, but I understand, and it will, it will. I understand, and everybody in, in the Russia understands that uh, it will grow. It will grow up, uh, not so, not so quick, but. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, I think that um, now we have much more uh, deaths than the official statistics says, because a lot of deaths, um, there is an uh, unofficial order not to write down the diagnosis of uh, coronavirus pneumonia, but only, but only pneumonia. Uh, that's why I think that uh, it's, it's very strange for us that the, the quantity of cases uh, is so big, but the uh, mortality, uh, but the um, level of mortality is not so big for this very, this, mm -hmm. this very strange, really. <clears throat> wow. And is part of the problem also that the government, government officials ordered the lockdown too late? Because I remember when many other parts of Europe were under lockdown, uh, we saw videos of people in Moscow, for example, acting very normal and walking around. Uh, was that part of the problem too? Yes, of course, because the I see that the state television said uh, that it's a case, no infection in Moscow, in uh, in Russia, uh, and no epidemic, no pandemic, and uh, a lot of people just uh, watch uh, a television, state television. They watched uh, state television and think that um, why why we should not go outside when <laughs> state television mm -hmm. said that it's okay. And the Putin says so that no, not no quarantine, but uh, but uh, he said uh, holidays. So that's why, of course, a lot of uh, minds in in Russia even now they think that uh, this the infection is not so is not so severe and it's no it's uh, uh, there is no danger. Uh, it's mm -hmm. very um, very bad uh, for the minds and for the people when. Uh, president and government and state television, they are always lying about the quantity of uh, infection, about the, about the danger of infection. And that's why uh, the spread and the quantity and the spread and the quantity of cases in Moscow and St. Petersburg and, uh, and other big cities. Uh, it, I think that uh, these um, cases uh, can, could be uh, much lower uh, than it now it is now mm -hmm. uh, because of uh, non responsibility of the government and Putin uh, because uh, I think that he didn't want to um, he didn't want any panics um, uh, among people but really 
what's what is what what really is worse for the population panics or the deaths of the population exactly right right and uh, i i suspect like in ukraine um the situation with the healthcare system is difficult for example in ukraine the what we call their surveillance is very low the ability to actually detect cases do you have that problem also in russia where the system just can't cope with this in terms of even detecting cases and tracing and all of that uh, at the beginning of march when the infection came to moscow there was a big problem to detect the coronavirus the tests were really very bad and uh, they didn't uh, and a lot of doctors they said that they really couldn't understand uh, whether it's coronavirus pneumonia or no because it was uh, really hard to detect and hard to understand uh, because of the quality of the tests. Now it's better, but uh, in the regions the problem the, pro the, the problem remains because in some regions there is no tests, even no tests, really nothing. And um, the, also I think that the big spread of infection in Moscow and the big quantity of cases. Um, is connected with the quality of tests because at the at the beginning of March they put all patients with pneumonia uh, all together uh, wow. in the hospitals all together because mm -hmm. even they didn't know whether pneumonia whether whether it coronavirus pneumonia or no but they put it together so it was a big big mistake and uh, why they did it so they didn't have any good uh, tests to understand. And they didn't know really. They maybe it's the culture of reading the foreign literature. Uh, a lot of doctors they didn't know English, and they didn't yeah. read uh, the information, the research information, in research um, magazines and uh, articles. And uh, that's why they didn't know the real danger. They didn't know the um, the symptoms of this infection, and. Uh, so the, their measures, uh, it, it's there seem seems to be not strange but absurd. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. You know the situation is shockingly familiar to us who cover Ukraine because many doctors there too don't read or understand English, so they can't go online and just read this stuff independently. So big problem there yes, too. They, they 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 should they could uh, uh, use the the experience the. European experience, the Chinese experience, but they didn't. It's a very bad thing for 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 the population, for the patients, for the doctors, because the infection really spread um, very quickly, and uh, they now they understood. Only now now they understand, uh, but um, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, they they said that I. I I I I I only was uh, I only made panics uh, and I don't really understood the situation. Mm. But I read yes. the uh, the foreign articles and I, of course, understood understood the situation. But it's very late now to understand because a lot of doctors uh, died, and uh, uh, the population is. Uh, I know that in in most school hospitals, uh, it's very. Uh, terrible situation because a lot of people, a lot of uh, patients died, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, medical staff uh, is a very, very big 
uh, problem with medical staff because they are sick. A lot of them are sick now. Mm -hmm. and it's a very it's a lack of medical staff it's uh, nobody uh, who and um, what a government should do without medical staff they tried now to put uh, uh, to uh, to um, uh, they tried now to um, uh, so they tried now to uh, put in hospitals students the students they uh -huh. said they told them they should they have to go to help uh, doctors wow but it's the poor students they didn't know what to do and they had they understood it uh, even doctors had a very had a very big problem with pve and also of course they're afraid of uh, being in the host these hospitals but um, <laughs> so they any uh, nobody asked them about uh, do they want or do they don't want they just uh, right. said that you should go you you must go so now they are they now they are in hospitals and they are calling me and cried that uh, uh, there are very very big problem with PPE and they are afraid of uh, they 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 are frightened and afraid of uh, uh, the health of their uh, relatives, mm -hmm. because a lot of them are living with the, uh, their relatives, old people, the old people and the old parents. So yeah. it's a real terrible situation. It's a terrible situation. Um, and, you know, we so admire you, Dr. Anastasia. I've been watching the coverage of you. I salute you. And I think you got um, harassed by the police for delivering PPE and you've been very outspoken. And I'm wondering, um, do you fear for your own safety? No, I don't have any, if afraid of anything. What they can really do for me, they can only kill me. But I will, I think it's very important to say the truth, uh, to make safe a lot of people. They should know, they should know um, the truth about this, about the danger of this infection to uh, keep safe their relatives and themselves so that's why uh, they should not they they will they will not uh, shut down um, me and my uh, co my colleagues um because uh, i think that uh, if we if we didn't say anything about the danger of this infection maybe i don't know but maybe it um, um maybe it uh, will be more uh severe i don't know Mm -hmm. But uh, for me, it's uh, really they, they um, couldn't do anything for me, and I really uh, didn't feel any any fear mm -hmm. because I know that I know that I'm uh, it's, I, I'm telling only the truth. Yes, and the truth always wins in the end, um, Doctor. I can't can't help but notice the irony here that a few weeks ago well, maybe even a few days ago, Russian state TV was making a big deal of Russia sending PPE to other countries like Italy, I think even to the yeah. United States, where in Russia, you have a shortage of PPE. How can that be? Well, so Putin's <laughs> ambitions and uh, ambitions of his government, because uh, of course, it's maybe it's good step uh, for the foreign countries and a good step for the uh, politics of uh, government politics uh, all over the world 
but uh, it's uh, for for the um, big part of the population. These steps are not very seems not very seems not very. Um, uh, they, these steps of of Putin and his government uh, are not very popular among the population, of course, mm -hmm. um, because all everybody understands that this. Uh, actions uh, were only for his um, um, for his ambitions for his influence uh, over the world or, or not for not inside the country but uh, outside the country and um, he just won I, I think and not it's not only my opinion that uh, mm -hmm. these steps uh, are like a um, like a he, like, like he just won, wants to uh, show everybody that in Russia it's uh, everything is okay. That we have a lot of PBE. That we have no problems uh, with the mm -hmm. PBE and other equipment. But uh, it's only like a, um, it's like like a dust. He um, um, he he was threatening uh, into the, the eyes of the yes. foreign countries. But uh, the native the native population uh, now begins to understand the, this um, uh, this um, this uh, this lie mm -hmm. uh, this uh, falsehood. So it's very be bad for his uh, rating, really, because uh, now his rating uh, is uh, decreasing really mm -hmm. and uh, maybe i think that coronavirus coronavirus will be the point when uh, something will change in russia towards better uh, better um, better i mean i mean uh, better things uh, to be in uh, the healthcare system because uh, I, I know it's as for me uh, three years ago i didn't know anything about uh, I, I think I thought really that Putin is good was good president, mm -hmm. <laughs> really. But my eyes were open now, and a lot of uh, eyes of uh, a lot of doctors, medical workers, and patients are being open now after um, these uh, steps to send uh, uh, help to other countries, uh, except uh, our hospitals, mm -hmm. when, when doctors and medical workers are dying now without PPE without without and patients are dying without without absence of uh, medical workers because wow. they, they are sick now even they are sick now why they are sick they are sick because of uh, lack of uh, ppe mm -hmm. uh, because if they if they had a chance to uh, use uh, ppe of course uh, it's uh, now it it, uh, it now maybe it uh, now maybe if they uh, they had PPE. Now, now maybe it uh, could be not so big problem with the uh, quantity of uh, medical staff. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a situation! And it's ironic too, isn't it, that people are actually in many places of the world, not only Russia, afraid to go to hospitals. I think even here in Canada, people are staying away from getting medical treatment because they're worried about getting infected. Yes, of course. I mean, it's 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 a, it's, uh, it's a good decision not to go to hospitals because it's a re, it's a center of infection. Centers. Every hospital now is a, the center of infection. Wow, um, Doctor, uh, a, a couple of guests before you. Uh, he was the former U.S. ambassador to Russia, Alexander Vershbo. He told me that 
part of the problem you have now in Russia goes back many, many years that they've been destroying the healthcare system, that hundreds of hospitals have been closed in the past 10 years. Is that a big part of the problem? Of course, uh, even in Moscow, uh, a lot of hospitals are closed now, and they now it's very uh, even surprising that uh, uh, Saban, the mayor of Moscow, he is building now the new areas for 10,000 beds uh, for 10,000 patients, coronavirus patients. But these hospitals that were closed 10 years ago, they are staying uh, they are staying empty, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so all over the Russia, all, all over the country, a lot of hospitals are really closed. And uh, uh, it's about maybe um, on the beginning of, uh, uh, of the beginning of the century, there were about 15,000 hospitals. But, mm-hmm. now, but now Russia has only 5,000 hospitals. So uh, and uh, 30,000 uh, medical staff were kicked out of the hospitals, and of course uh, now there now now this problem is very very um, terrible because uh, I think that uh, government now understands the, the, their mistake, but it's too late to understand yeah. because uh, the hospitals uh, now they 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 couldn't use this hospital. And of course, the me- medical medical workers they began to work uh, um, not as medical workers, but uh, they found the other uh, found other work because it's a very. My mother was kicked out uh, out of the of the research institute of eye diseases, and it really it's very great oh. pity when uh, when medical worker were, were uh, he were, he or she. They were treating for 40 years and they had uh, mm-hmm. great experience, but the government doesn't want them to, uh, to help people to continue their work. So it's a very, very great pity uh, um, for these uh, medical workers and they're crying about what they should do. Mm-hmm. And they began to work uh, not as um, doctor, not, not, as, not, not, not like, not, uh, not, they began to understand that government didn't, uh, Want want them to to treat people, and so they began to work in, began to work in even in the stores to yes. to sell the uh, clothes. It's, so it's very absurd, really. When so country, so it's a, it's a very. Um, I think it, uh, I know that to be do, to be a doctor, it's a very very um, it's very big responsibility. Indeed. And Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, so we are studying medicine for ten years, so, um, and government and they uh, they used uh, so not, but they spent a lot of money uh, to prepare uh, one medicine worker worker and one doctor, mm-hmm. but they didn't think about it. They they kicked them out. They closed the hospital, and they didn't think maybe about the infection that can come but uh, now they're really um, so government can <laughs> put in they how how we say in russian then they add the food that they prepared themselves yes yeah my goodness and doctor in the past uh, few days of course a lot of uh, news reports about doctors mysteriously falling out of hospital windows or um getting killed and is that 
something that worries you that this could there could be an increase in that type of incident? I don't know. I, I really don't know about uh, the real reason of uh, these accidents, but um, I don't. I, and I, I hope that uh, we will not hear anything <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. more about about this about the continue of these accidents. But uh, I understand that. Uh, I understand that. Uh, now, uh, chief doctors and masters of uh, hospitals, uh, they understand the real responsibility for the health of their medical workers. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they have real, really very great, uh, they have really great uh, psychological stress about to prepare medical workers to work with the coronavirus, but they really have no chance to have uh, enough PPE and enough equipment, enough medical staff. And uh, of course, of course, I know that one doctor she tried she tried to explain the real situation that they and she didn't want to open the coronavirus hospital because she understood understood that uh, a lot of medical staff uh, uh, could die. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the minister of uh, healthcare system, the, not not minister, but uh, some of some of. Um, uh, some of um, officials they did not uh, hear they did not listen to her and um, about this great psychological stress uh, she jumped down she jumped out of the window mm-hmm. uh, the other women from the star city i think that she really uh, felt very big uh, blame because uh, big blame about big blame about um, uh, she really did, maybe didn't understand the uh, the real danger, and um, so when she began to understand, uh, when she uh, when she saw the real danger, and understood that uh, ab- ab- because of her blame, a lot of medical workers were sick. Uh, of course, she uh, decided to kill to kill herself mm-hmm. because of a big feeling of blame, maybe. But yeah. we were talking with her relatives, and um, uh, it was, they said that uh, she uh, really uh, didn't understand the real danger. And uh, um, when she when she understood, it was a great psychological stress and. Uh, she felt uh, blame and uh, decided to. They, they said that they they didn't know the why why she did it, but but uh, they they um, uh, um, but they um, um, but they maybe they thought that uh, this was it was the reason that the, mm-hmm. the feeling of blame. Okay. Um. I had a question from a doctor in Australia, Tanya, and um, she was asking, talking about conditions for doctors in Russia, have the pay conditions improved for doctors in Russia, or are many of them still having to rely on payments from patients, like under the table uh, payments in order to survive? Um, You mean now or? Now, yeah, now, like the salary levels, are they, because in many uh, former Soviet countries, even Ukraine, the uh, salary for doctors are very low, so they have to still take extra money from patients. And do you have that still now? Um, so 
I think that it's different. There, there is different situation uh, in Moscow, in big cities, and in the regions. Mm -hmm. uh, now, is uh, you see that it's the true uh, that that you, this doctor from Australia, uh, she says the the truth, that the truth that uh, uh, because of very low salary, doctors uh, uh, have to take money from the, from their patients. Uh, but now I. I think that uh, they continue to do it because <laughs> um, their salary is uh, remaining very low, and uh, they of course they want to eat and to feed their family to pay the credits. And um, but um, the promises of government and put and Putin, he promised to pay a big salary for the doctor that uh, mm -hmm. will treat that are treating uh, coronavirus patients. But you see that a lot of uh, doctors that call call me and call out my colleague, my colleagues, they they say that uh, they did not um, they didn't receive uh, this money. Mm -hmm. So he promised the eighty thousand rubles, but they received uh, my, the, 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 maybe the Mos the doctors in Moscow they received such money yes but uh, doctors in regions regions no they, they didn't receive and of course they um, uh, a lot of um, another big problem now with the salary that a lot of doctors uh, uh, that um, are working not in the non-coronavirus hospitals uh, they are sitting without work now because uh, mm -hmm. nobody wants to go to the hospitals yes. uh, and uh, of course, um, now in, in Russia we have uh, uh, like um, they, 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 their salary uh, really depends on the quantity of patients they were treating during the month and when they have they had no patients so they had no money mm -hmm. and that's why it's a really re very big big problem to survive uh, for this uh, for this medical staff um, but Putin and government they didn't think about them. Really, yeah. they didn't. They didn't get. They didn't give uh, any money to to the, not only for the population, but for the doctors, mm -hmm. doctors, and medical staff uh, who are sitting now without any work, without patients, uh, what they should do. And uh, of course, they 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 had to. Uh, not, they they have to work, and uh, on the maybe they have to to take money from their patients to survive. Right. Right. Okay, and um, there was also a question from another doctor in Kiev, Dr. Irena. She said that um, scientists were very strong during the Soviet times, um, that they, uh, she was wondering um, whether uh, the healthcare system in Russia can be assisted by scientists or some kind of scientific society in terms of developing local treatment protocols or making, maybe even working on a vaccine. So is there a collaboration between the scientists and the medical professionals to try and solve this problem. Um, I think that uh, you see that uh, you you can understand that uh, not only medical, uh, not only healthcare system was destroyed, mm -hmm. but also the uh, the research institutes mm -hmm. and uh, the all of research workers. Uh, they also were kicked out uh, of the research uh, institutes and uh, research hospitals, and that's why I think that it's uh, they uh, 
Uh, now uh, there is a very big problem to treat these people and to um, to survive medical workers. And I know that uh, a lot of uh, research institutes now now they also were closed. And uh, really, I don't have uh, any exact information mm -hmm. about the collaboration between doctors and between research workers. But I think that um, now on the first uh, place, there is a problem to uh, not not to uh, not to uh, not to uh, uh, not to create the vaccine, but to survive mm -hmm, <laughs> this mm -hmm. uh, this severe situation, this uh, dangerous situation, and uh, um, we have uh, the in Novosibirsk we have a lab, a lab uh, that. Uh, that and they uh, made the tests for coronavirus, you know, mm -hmm. but yes. tests were really very, very. They, these tests had really very. They were very bad, and they, mm -hmm. they, the quality of these tests really were very was very bad. And uh, now, uh, what 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 can I say about uh, our research um, um, opportunities? Uh, mm -hmm. when I, I understand clearly that uh, even they couldn't do the best, they couldn't do a good test to, uh, to help doctors to uh, have uh, good diagnostics uh, right. to understand whether it's coronavirus or no. So I think that uh, the, uh, not only healthcare system was destroyed, but uh, the research uh, opportunities also mm -hmm. were destroyed. Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, I think that there is no no uh, chance for the medical health care system, for the health care system and for the research system to collaborate and to create any uh, vaccine to help medical workers. Now it's mm -hmm. the first um, aim, first aim to, to survive, yes. to help people in the hospitals. Not to not to not to create the uh, the vaccine. Right, my goodness, what a broken system. Um, finally, uh, doctor, I had a question from Yulia in Miami. Miami, she says, um, "Well, the coronavirus epidemic came later to Russia, and have you learned any lessons from China or Italy? You know where they had the pandemic before that you can apply to patients there." Is there anything you've learned in terms of treatment or about this virus? Uh, uh, so, you, I, as for me, <laughs> I just, mm. uh, of course, I know English and I'm reading uh, uh, foreign uh, articles. And uh, of course, at the beginning of March, when we understood, understood the, situ the real situation in Europe, in uh, China, in other countries, we should uh, we, we should use the experience to, to uh, for the for uh, be for the better um, scenario in Russia. But uh, our government and um, chief uh, and uh, and officials they really didn't do it. Um, and but I know that. Um, the doctors in Moscow, uh, a lot of doctors in Moscow, they they are using now the experience of other countries to treat, and it's a really very good um, thing that they can uh, that they can do it. But of course, the majority of medical workers they did not know English, 
and they all over the in the regions. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's very very poor clinics, poor hospitals, when doctors uh, are receiving uh, very little salary and their culture, their 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 uh, acknowledges and opportunities to treat their very. Uh, it's not like in Moscow and not like in St. Petersburg because the, it's a very big pity for me that our our medical health system was destroyed and mm -hmm. uh, it's, not the, it's not the blame of medical workers really. Uh, they are trying to treat in the best way but uh, the system didn't allow them to, 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 to study to study English, to read the articles, uh, mm -hmm. the foreign articles, and to use experience. So uh, I think that it should do, it, it should be done, uh, all, it's, it should be a system to, uh, uh, for, for, for the healthcare system to have a chance to learn and to use the foreign experience. But the uh, Ministry of Healthcare System and Minister of Healthcare System mm -hmm. So they uh, couldn't do anything in two months because uh, uh, for the 20 years the system were were, was destroyed and mm -hmm. it's very little time. They have little time to uh, change uh, the system. Uh, so they, they, they have only one month to prepare. Right, right. Really. But even one month they, they didn't use uh, the foreign uh, experience. So that's why it's very uh, terrible situation uh, mm -hmm. in the foreign experience, and even they didn't understand sometimes that you should use. That now they should see the situation most concerned Petersburg, and they should prepare, uh, and they should look at uh, this uh, situation, at this severe situation in Moscow and big cities, and to prepare regions, the small towns, villages, and Mars, yes. But they didn't do it. They didn't, uh, uh, a lot of people and, and, and the officials in regions, they uh, didn't believe even now that the, the infection is severe. They said that, they said that it's, uh, not, uh, it's not true, that infection is severe, it's a tale. So for me, yeah. it's very surprising how can they did it, how they can tell the population that it's, uh, there is no danger. But they do it now. So mm -hmm. they didn't use, and they do do not. Uh, they do not uh, uh, even try to understand the situation and to help uh, to understand the people. So, like in like in Africa, they didn't know any right. language. Maybe I don't know. But uh, I think that in on summer there in in Russia, the real in, in the Russian regions, uh, it will be very very difficult situation because. Uh, in uh, the small regions, in the uh, far regions and small towns, uh, there is uh, nothing. There are no doctors, no hospitals. Mm -hmm. Terrible. Um, yes, of course. Terrible. Well, Terrible. I will be on the World Health Organization press conference this week, and I can assure you I will ask them about their thoughts of what is going on in Russia. Um, oh, you, they will lie. Of yeah. course. Why don't they have? I don't. They have much influence. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. They will lie and they will say that it's okay now. The all hospitals are prepared, and they have and they full of PVE. They, so mm -hmm. the state television uh, is telling us everything every every time, uh, always. But when you come, when I and I and every and you, maybe 
come come to hospital and see with your eyes the real situations terrible really yeah my goodness um Doctor, you're doing very, very important work here. One of the first people to really raise the alarm of what's going on in Russia. We have listeners from around the world. How can they help you or your organization to continue the work that you're doing? Oh, I think that I don't really don't know how to ask you a question because uh, it's very, uh, so I don't know. Maybe you, you if, if, even you will, uh, if even you are you are telling the truth all over the world, I think mm -hmm. it's good thing to everybody to understand. Maybe uh, some it's very important to the population to the Russian population to understand the truth, but <laughs> they didn't listen to foreign uh, uh, radio, foreign television, and I don't know really how you can help. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, of course. We'll, we'll stay in touch with you and uh, make thank sure you. your story gets out for sure. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Of course, our heartfelt thanks go out to Anastasia Vasilieva. We will stay in touch with her. We will keep on the story and definitely be uh, continuing our reporting on what's coming, what's going on um, in Russia. And of course, we hope, uh, we wish uh, her and um, her colleagues and uh, all the people that are suffering from this terrible uh, virus uh, a speedy recovery and safety. Well, um, it's really a good time, I think, right now to talk a little bit about the good news around the world and. Um, if you've been listening carefully in the background, you might have been hearing a bit of what I hear every day here now in beautiful Sydney, British Columbia. is a symphony of birds, of bird singing going on um, well into the evening. It's at the volume and of the variety I don't think we've ever heard before. And a really great example of uh, nature reclaiming its rightful place. But it's not only here, it's around the world. And in India, for example, millions of olive ridley turtles are making their way across the beach to lay their eggs at a number uh, never seen before. And usually this happens at night, but now it's happening during the daytime. And the reason why? Well, there are hardly any visitors to the beach because of the lockdown there in India and hardly any boat movement. And again, an example of nature reclaiming uh, its territory during the COVID-19 lockdown. And in London, um, also under a very strict uh, lockdown, uh, friends of mine are reporting hearing the sounds of leaves blowing in the wind for the first time. And also hearing sounds from far away that they've never heard before, and that's right in central London. And in our beloved Portugal, um, my dear friend Rolanda uh, says she's hearing bird sounds for the first time from her flat in central Lisbon. And for someone who travels a heck of a lot, this is a real, really uh, beautiful thing to come back to um, when she's in Lisbon. And for those of you who are business travelers or EU bureaucrats, well, some interesting news uh, coming out of Austria, Vienna International Airport has announced that arriving passengers can take COVID-19 tests at departure and on arrival. Uh, and uh, for people arriving in Austria, it allows them to avoid an automatic 14-day of quarantine. Now, there are a couple of hitches here. The tests are not cheap. Um, they cost around 190 euros, and the results could take as long as four hours to come in before you're allowed to leave the airport. And of course, if the test result is negative, well, 
and you go for quarantines. Uh, so that's our kind of roundup of uh, good news. If you have any, um, whatever it is, please do send it to me and I'll be happy to announce it to our uh, worldwide audience. Remember, Global Impact is listener-supported, and there are many ways that you can support the program. Of course, you can go to the uh, podcast uh, uh, homepage and press on the Donate button. Uh, you can subscribe on Apple or Spotify or any other platform that hosts quality podcasts. And you can also feel free to give us a five-star rating on places like Apple, uh, as you would to your favorite Uber driver. I'd also like to thank Squarespace for their support of my website and indirectly of Global Impact. Check them out at squarespace.com. With an award-winning website design platform, uh, Squarespace allows you to look like an expert right from the spot. Sorry, right from the start. And, um, you know, as I always like to remind uh, my dear uh, listeners, friends, is uh, we're still very much into a kind of new normal, into some sort of lockdowns. Um, sadly, it doesn't look like we'll get be completely out of this for quite some time. So I would like to remind you to reach out to those who may be suffering, who may be lonely, may have no one to talk to. Uh, whether they be next door down the block or on the other side of the world. It can only take a few seconds or minutes, but it could make a very, very big difference in someone's life. I really encourage you to do that. That's it for this week. Uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Please stay safe. I'm Michael Basakew.